I'm a family guy. Don't you mostly arms? <laughs> Hello there. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 39. And uh, how you doing? I am fantastic. I'm loaded up on Starbucks. And uh, yeah, I can, I can actually just feel the blood coursing through my veins. <laughs> so I hope you feel the same. Or maybe not in that way, but you know, good. <laughs> Endorphins. But uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you already follow us on all of the social media, uh, thank you very much. If you don't, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And if you would be so kind as to hit me up on iTunes with a five-star review and a positive blurb, it would be greatly appreciated. Quick announcement. Uh, Justin has taken over, my son has taken over the blog on sunspotscomics.com and he wrote his first article on his favorite TV shows, comic book TV shows, and he ranked them, and it's pretty good, and I gotta say, I'm pretty proud of him, thanks Justin for doing it, thanks for the time you spent on it, he's in college trying to be a writer, so why not write? I got some blog space, and a new address, you can find his blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. I told him it has to be about comic books, it has to be interesting and fun. And uh, so he's jumped right in there and doing well. So thank you very much, Justin Latore. Follow him at JustLaKings. So uh, very nice, very proud of my boy doing some writing. And quick Zombie Destroyers update. Zombie Destroyers, if you're just joining us, is the comic book that I am writing, coloring, inking, and, uh, or coloring, not inking, and um, lettering. And Jordan Hudson is the artist doing the art. So just a quick update on it. We're creating it. Hope to release maybe issue number one by the end of the year. You know, it's kind of a loose date, but uh, he is working on page four. um, And he's inking page three. And I'm coloring page one and two. So that's an update. But it's looking really good. It's a whole lot of fun. There'll be some things uh, sharing it on zombiedestroyers.com and sunspotscomics.com very soon. And, of course, all the social media. So please check it out when you get a chance. So those are, oh, and a quick, um, I guess, little breakdown of what the show is about, if, you, if you're just joining us. I do review comic books, so I spoil them, so spoiler alert. And I talk about just fun things in relation to comic books. This particular issue, I have three feel, comic book feel-good factoid freebies. I don't have any artificial intelligence stories, but I do have a pretty good Spider-Sense tingling article, which is just an article that uh, shows a glimpse into the future that comic books can meet and the world can collide with actual comic book things and one day suits and powers it's gonna happen <laughs> but anyway that's a quick little synapse synopsis 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 whatever that word is but uh let's jump right into podcast 39 and away we go so we're gonna start out uh this week with the uh th- not five but three I don't know why I keep saying that, but it used to just be always five, I guess, but who cares? Three comic book feel-good factoid freebies. And this week, the first one, pretty cool, from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, which uh, the the article titles, Marvel Teams with Wounded Warrior Project for New Comic Book Storyline. This is cool. Uh, Nonprofit veterans organization. Um, They're going to be working with Marvel. Uh, The the, uh, Flash Thompson character in the Venom Space Knight uh, is a wounded veteran. So what better way to partner with a wounded uh, veteran, the wounded warrior, uh, the, uh, you know, charity. So it's fantastic. Uh, they, they pair together. So they're going to be putting up a foundation, sharing a charity, putting uh, some of their 
very specific messages, uh, the Wounded Warrior message into the comic. So a partnership, worlds colliding, very cool. And it made me feel good and it made me feel like nice. I spent a lot of money at Marvel and a uh, little piece of it will go to help wounded veterans, which I believe strongly about. So very cool, worlds colliding together, charity, and a comic that already um, addresses a wounded veteran, Flash Thompson, who lost his legs in the Venom series in a long time ago, but now he's Venom. So very, very cool. That's the first one. And the second uh, comic book feel-good factoid freebie is just kind of a cool little headline that Walmart, believe it or not, is jumping into the comic book realm, paper comic book realm, in that they're uh, they're going to probably try this out at first. But they're going to be having a little section in the book area of uh, trade paperbacks, of, of graphic novels. And I thought, very cool. Um, their prices, you know, Walmart is known for their extremely low prices. They are aware that comic book in the paper medium is on the rise every single year. It's going up and up and up. Looks like they're potentially going to partner with Diamond, the mass conglomerate of the one and only uh, publisher of, of comic books in the United States. So I'm sure they're going to try it out in a small, in a few stores, uh, you know, in a small area to see how it does. But I hope it takes off. Just another way that paper comics can get out there is through Walmart and discounted price. So I might have to check that out. Begin from time to time. That's the second. And the third one is just kind of a quick little announcement of two comic book conventions coming up very soon. So I just wanted to make you aware of them. Uh, one is the Long Beach Comic Con. That's two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's February 20th and 21st, so coming up, Long Beach Comic Con, a lot of fun, a little smaller size, much more affordable. Tickets are usually on goldstar.com for a discounted price, which is nice. So check out Long Beach Comic Con. I typically go every year. I have for many years. I'll more than likely attend. But one that I've actually never been to is called the uh, Los Angeles Comic Book and Science Fiction Convention just one day, February 28th, at the uh, Los, Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, this also looks like very small scale, focused on primarily comics, not a lot of the large vendors as what I can see here. 12 bucks, so much more reasonable in price. Looks like there could be early admission discounts, which, gosh, 12 bucks is not bad. I'm sure it's uh, going to be fun. Already some uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Ming Na Wen is going to be there. And Helen Slater from the original Supergirl movie. And now she's also in the Supergirl series. Or at least makes a cameo. Helen Slater. So kind of cool. Looks like uh, I might have to check this one out. It's it's decently priced. And coming up on February 28th. So those are the three comic book feel good factoid freebies. And I will share them on the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So that you can see these links in their full glory. So, oh, and, oh, what was that? I think I heard, was that my, yeah, that was, that was my spider sense tingling, sorry for that, but, uh, <laughs> this one comes, uh, article, it's, uh, spider sense tingling stories, by the way, are articles that, uh, I find interesting in that it relates to the world of comic books, our, our reality as we know it seems to be melding with the impossible in the world of comics and the, these articles jump right out at me like wow this could turn our world into a comic book like world so here we go this one's from uh, discovery.com uh, titled gigantic Gla gas cosmic gas cloud on collision course with our solar system with our galaxy uh, what this sounds very fantastic for to me right wasn't that some sort of uh rays cosmic rays that turned them into the fantastic four well it looks like this gigantic 
cloud of space gas is speeding towards our galaxy at 700,000 miles per hour. So it's it's creeping. <laughs> and uh, it's getting closer and closer. They're not exactly sure how close it's going to get to the Earth. Um, they've known about it since 1963 and have named it the Smith Cloud. I'm sure Mr. Smith was the first to see it through a giant telescope. But interesting, they're not sure exactly what the contents of it are of this giant space cloud. Uh, maybe it's just going to imbue certain individuals with superpowers. Sure, it's possible. You never know. That's why it made my spider sense a tingle. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's jump into my favorite part of the podcast, which is where I get to read a whole glob of comic books, and then I get to review them, tell you about them, recommend them to you. Spoiler alert! I think that's uh, the final one. Maybe there'll be one more. Who knows? But maybe you haven't read these comics. Maybe just kind of write it down, read the comic, then come back to it to just see if you felt how I felt, etc. I try to just not, of course, give just every darn thing away about a comic so it wastes your money. But uh, I do spoil it. So there you go. You've been warned. This is the comic book bunch from New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, January 27th. And these are, I do recommend these, I do wish you would support your local comic book shop, buy them on paper, check these out, they're worth buying. Uh, this week I happened to read 17 comics and 6 made it to my favorite picks of the week. So not a super good ratio, there were some there that were on the verge, but I noticed that I find myself not picking a comic to my favorite list if I constantly say as I'm reading it, that is like, that is like this, that is like that. That's like this. That's like that. I, I think if I hit the the like meter around 10 plus, then it, it doesn't make my favorite pick. So there's a little sneak peek, an inside scoop, if you will, as to what can make it to my favorite picks and what doesn't. If I end up saying it's like this, it's like that. Ooh, it's like this. It reminds me of that. I like too many times. It's kind of out. But anyway, so 17 was the, uh, the read pile and 6 made it. And a quick mention, the art cover winner was Wes Craig for Deadly Class 18. Just an iconic, very symmetrical, like ready for a T-shirt kind of cover, uh, with a with a character, um, kind of a gangster, uh, with almost like a like a black like sort of Oakland, you know, T-shirt on, like an LA kind of, and uh, but he's um, laid out with this red circle, and it seems like he's been sliced with a samurai sword in two, this perfect symmetrical angle. So it just looks very iconic, and it just stands out, and very good Wes Craig on Deadly Class from Image Comics. Check that comic out. We'll be talking about that later. And the art winner uh, this week was Owen Gianni. And I apologize, Owen, for Negative Space number three. In Negative Space, the art is gorgeous. When I find myself reading it, looking at it again, reading it one more time, staring at a certain panel for a long period of time, uh, adding different light, to a, to a page to kind of really take a look. Ooh, I'll bring it to this light. Ooh, I'll take my flashlight out. That's just when I know that it's an art winner. So easy art winner um, with Owen Gianni from Negative Space. And this week, uh, I always like to mention how many number ones I get because number ones carry a little extra hope with them. And there were three. Um, American Monster, uh, which was, we'll talk about later, that made it into the top picks. Cry Havoc, unfortunately it did not. A story like a werewolf story. And uh, Faith from Valiant Comics didn't make it there. They were fun, just uh, not as good as everything else. And uh, that uh, is a little synapse there. So, uh, you synapse again. I don't know why. It's coming back. But anyway, so let's jump right into it. Uh, this week, um, coming in at number six was 
American Monster from Aftershock's comics. Now, I tell you, Aftershock, to me anyway, just recently came upon the radar, but I know it's a fairly new publisher. And this has Brian Azzarello. Brian Azzarello, six-time Eisner winner, known for doing some amazing Batman stories and so many other things. My goodness, from 100 Bullets comes into mind. Uh, I remember when he did Wonder Woman. That was a big deal because he really had a unique take on Wonder Woman. So, yeah, uh, six-time uh, Eisner winner, Brian Azzarello on writing. And art by Wando. And Wando did a fantastic job. It looks like Wando did the coloring as well. Yeah, including cover art. Fantastic. Very dark. Very noir style. Um, it, it centers around a smattering of people. So it's very much a character development, but I found them all very interesting. You have uh, initially a, a woman that's alone in her home and her doorbell rings and she gets punched in the face. So you're like, okay, great tone. Right off the bat, you're like, okay, we're rolling. This is going to be something crazy. So it looks like a home abduction kind of situation, and they're in the fisticuffle tussle, and then we just slice right out of that into these three guys kind of working the late shift cleaning, which looks like maybe a diner, and their dialogue is just unique. You have one guy that's maybe a, a, a mentally challenged or whatever the com whatever the whatever the terminology proper, like he uh, is just not all there. And they like to poke fun at them, and they, they like to fight, and it's just a kind of, okay, who are these three? They're the comic relief in the story. And then you get a guy that enters the room that is, 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 is a red head. He's like, like, looks like the red skull, but this is set in like a real world, so they're really kind of thrown off by his red head and face. Not sure if he was burned, or is he a superpowered, but it doesn't seem like it, this is a superpowered kind of world, so... He might be scarred in the way this looks artistically. He's like sort of the Red Skull. But this really was just a lot of exposition. You have a weird girl named Snow that's like flashing people for money and taking these dares. And you're like, what? what's the point of her? But the three knuckleheads call Snow to come and look at the guy with the red head. And we have a little flashback to him. Like it looks like he was a soldier and he was burned. And so you, they have this very unique conversation in this diner about veterans and how you kind of treat veterans because it can be awkward sometimes they they want to buy his dinner but he sort of takes offense to it this is the red-headed guy the red-faced guy redhead not but, but full red head and he gets offended by them wanting to buy him dinner and it's kind of this awkward situation but well done well written i love awkward situations so very good it looks like it's a sort of bank heisty kind of situation they're setting up the red head guy <laughs> headed guy has a big wad of cash and lays it down on the table for the people to just kind of leave him, leave him alone and not try to buy him his, his meal. And so very awkward, very interesting. A lot of character developments. So that's why it's my number six. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to add this to the poll. American Monster, number one. That's my number six. Number five is Southern Bastards. Seems like this has been gone for a long time. From Image Comics, Southern Bastards 13, from Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. And we, it seems we've been on a break for this for a while, and I've missed it. And this shows our coach boss, you know, the coach of the uh, the running Rebs uh, football team, on the in the homecoming game versus the crosstown rival. And uh, even coach boss has a boss. He's he shows a little flashback of where he's getting some pressure to really win this game, and the Rebs are getting pummeled. They have like uh, the the this crosstown team 
has like a guy that looks like the Hulk. He's gigantic, just mowing these young teenagers down. And yeah, the running Rebs ain't doing too well. So Coach Boss reflects upon losing his friend, Coach Big, that caught him, that shot himself. But a, a kind of touching, unique twist at how how Boss Coach Boss sees the death, the suicide of his friend, and that he knows that his uh, his, his, his body was failing, his, you know, Coach Big's body was failing and he didn't want to be a burden to people and he thought, you know, that's, that's probably the way I'm going to go out. I don't want to burden anyone with, with the malfunctioning of my body and, and so on. So, you know, Coach Boss is a tough man, but I love that in this, he's a murderer. I mean, Coach Boss has just murdered people in the middle of the street, like the very beginning of, like, issue one, two, three, and yet it's, it's, making you feel bad for him like oh he's got this pressure from the mayor to win this homecoming game and yeah it's uh it's it's interesting and they were the team was pummeled horribly the rebs were and he confronts the 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 behemoth on the other team and has a little little knockdown moment with him where boss has to do his thing of course and and put his foot down and and mark his territory and uh and and have a little show a little showdown with the uh, the large kid large high school kid and he threatens him of course that if he says anything worse things will happen to him so it it quickly uh, it did a nice job too of like recapping some of the previous 12 issues to kind of help you remember where you are and what happened and so well done beautiful art well done writing uh, funny how they make you sort of feel for this murder where we should be rooting for his demise you're kind of like, oh, he's a coach. He actually said some inspiring words to these kids. and Just well-written the way it's all conveyed. So number five, Southern Bastards. And coming in at number four from Image Comics, Jupiter's Circle, number three. From Mark Millar, who I buy everything of and love continually, Mark Millar. Pencils by Chris Sprouse. And I got a Carl Story. You have to mention the inks because they're just gorgeous. Very light in tone. But this, in a nutshell, is what I think, how I think Superman should be written now. It's adult, it's contemporary, it has some awkward moments, it brings forward some interesting social questions, but doesn't jam it down your throat. Like this, and right off the bat, uh, shows the Firefox character that is has the, the Vice President of the United States hostage to get us out of the Vietnam War, so it takes place around that time, in the 70s, and... Uh, yeah, he's gonna do whatever it takes. I guess it's towards it's the late 60s towards the start of Vietnam Telling the vice president to pull out our troops out of Vietnam or he's gonna blow the vice president's brain out So the Superman like character Has to find Firefox and he cannot find him because he's also kind of He's distracted by a Lex Luthor like character. This was almost on that verge of like like likes like I was just talking about But it wasn't quite there this unique way that this Lex Luthor immediately gets out of jail and begins another another evil deed of creating this this weapon that will take the hero's powers and give it to them and he's rushed off to a charitable our Superman character is rushed off to a charitable foundation where he hits a golf ball to the moon I thought kind of cool use of his powers and the way they draw the clouds here and everything is just gorgeous and he, you definitely get that hero feel, feel from him, which I know is hard to get in comics nowadays. It's tough, the way our world, our cynical world is. But he even has the... the uh, this was the, the interesting... Maybe the most interesting part of the comic was where he stops these bank robbers, and the bank robber starts crying to him and telling him, look, he just needed the money to pay his rent, 
And the superhero character says, well, if I just give you the money, will you stop this then? If I give you whatever money you need, because he's obviously very rich. And the Supergirl-like character is like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, if anyone hears you're just giving cash to people that attempt to rob places, uh, it'll be pandemonium. It'll be cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. So <laughs> he goes, yeah, okay, I guess that's that's not right. But he's just so sick of it, I guess. And you feel that. Well-written. You, you feel like he's just like, ugh. Whatever it takes, just keep this world safe. And so, uh, then he's faced with the Luther-like character with his ray gun of, of, uh, that takes away powers. So, very well done. It had some unique takes of things, and like I said, some interesting social commentary. That's why it's my number four, Jupiter's Circle, number three. Buy that. Very good. From Mark Millar. And, uh, coming in at, uh, number three, top three now. From Valiant Comics, Bloodshot Reborn, number 10. This is about Bloodstrike, or Bloodshot, and he... This is a very bold take. This takes a 30-year jump from where issue number 9 was. 30 years. Now, it did have a Old Man Logan, you know, when Wolverine, went, when they did that story of Wolverine way in the future. Not the recent one, that they did it again, but the original uh, Old Man Wolverine. This has a feel like that. The world now is very Mad Max. And the art style is fantastic. This is written by Jeff Lemire, who's done a lot of stuff. Gorgeous. And this is art by uh, Louis LaRosa, colorist Brian Reber. Very realistic style. Very colored realistic, nothing otherworldly about it. But they show Bloodshot as an old man with a big long gray beard and a pot belly. And he did get to have his happily ever after. The woman that he, um, that, that saved, that he saved at the end of issue eight and nine they stay together they, they they're happy they have a little exchange but he says goodbye because the town is out of water i believe that's where we're going in the future he has to make a trek into the unknown with a large diesel truck to find water well when he goes to his hidden truck he he transforms right back to bloodshot so he purposefully makes himself age with his with his woman he purposefully makes himself a uh, pot-bellied and gray beard so that uh, they'll look alike and, and live a life together in happiness. But in reality, he, he didn't age. Not a day, it looks like. And it shows that the Exo Men of War uh, are now like sort of the, the, the flying drones surrounding Los Angeles, which is, it's barricaded. Los Angeles is like this futuristic barricade where you're not even allowed in and everyone else lives on the outskirts fighting for water and gas. And so it's just a, it is very... Very Mad Max, Beyond the Thunder Dome, and I just loved it. It was just a lot of fun. He has a flashback with the woman. Uh, what was her name? I want to say it had like her name was like, like Faith or Love or something. Anyway, flashback of when he he's getting into an altercation with a with a gang, the Shadow Men gang, uh, which related to the Shadow Men comic. Of they want his tanker, they want his water, and uh, they look insane. And they're this giant group, and as he's rolling his car, rolling the tanker, thinking he's going to his demise, he says that he's sorry to the woman that he loves, and maybe he won't make it back. So I'm in. I'm invested. It's it's fun. It's It, it pulls at the heartstrings. He got to live his happily ever after, which you don't see very often, right, in comic books? So I really dug it. Coming in at number two from Image Comics is Deadly Class, number 18, by Rick Remender. Rick Remender is the master of disaster. Written by uh, Wes Craig, who's uh, the art winner, fan, or he's the uh, cover winner, art cover winner, which is gorgeous. 
And this, I gotta say, this is at sometimes had kind of a slow pace where they're in the, uh, they, it's a bunch of youngsters in this assassin school, like a, like a Hogwarts of horror. <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, you, it, they're sort of meandering. They sort of went on this drug escapade in previous episodes and they're supposed to be train, training to be assassins, but it's just kind of a mess of madness. And this now the teacher, the principal, says there are rats in the school and they must be killed. And kilt! And uh, <laughs> who is deemed rats is, I guess, known as the poor end of the, uh, of the student body. So they are to be destroyed. So this has our main characters fighting for their life. This has sort of like an establishment I like of, the, of an evil character who is... Uh, this hefty dude that um, is kind of turning into the ringleader, this sort of criminal mastermind. It's like his birth of the kingpin, and I really dug that. And the two-page spread of uh, the the Asian, she's from an Asian gang, the, a young girl from from uh, like a Japanese yakuza gang, uh, fully sleeved tattoos, jumping in the air with a samurai sword. Out of this world, beautiful. You have to look at it multiple times. So it's very sim it, it sort of simplified in story, and I like that. It was very complicated, sort of character-driven in the past for our main character on this rite of passage, trying to find out who he is, but it was very drug-induced. This is just, now you have to survive. The school's been told to kill the rats, and the rats have to stay alive. So, a lot of fun. Action-packed in this one. Went very fast, easy read, and gorgeous. So definitely get it. But... The number one was gorgeous, was beautiful. It's the art winner of the week. It's from Dark Horse Comics, Negative Space number three, from art by o Owen Gieni, which is gorgeous, and uh, script by Ryan Lindsay. And this has a just a trippy look to it, but the colors are gorgeous. Reminds me a little of the of the artist Crumb, or the comic Crumb. It has that sort of look, but. What I dig is how complicated this story is, and it hit, this one actually hit on an emotional level. Um, it's a twisted story, and I could have this totally wrong. If you if you really believe I have this wrong, I'd love to hear what you think of this particular storyline. If I have it wrong, hit me up. Email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or hit me up on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or Instagram. This is a story where these aliens are trying to slowly destroy our planet uh, by using depression. They've, they've changed our brains, they, they steal artifacts that you love to sort of depress everyone. Um, why they want to take over our planet and kill us that way, I don't know. And there's a particular person that, for some reason, he's sort of the, he's sort of the chosen one. He's, uh, he's, he sort of has the, uh, he figures it out, and he finds uh, one of the alien uh, species here doesn't believe in wiping out the Earth, and so decides to help us and picks on our particular character who is like a kind of a Native American, American Indian character. And they've uh, swam, they go down to the bottom of the ocean in their alien submarine. So it's just a fun romp right there. It's like a buddy cop alien romp to the bottom of the ocean to set a bomb on their, on the heart, the, like the mother, the queen alien, if you will. And uh, in their search for the queen alien, they find an artifact that was from his father, that his father had this bottle opener. His father was an alcoholic, but he uh, finds that the way to fight these aliens is by is with happiness. That it's that the happiness feeling weakens these aliens. And so that when he finds that bottle opener from his father, he has this sort of flashback 
of his father um, and it uh, emotes happiness from him and the mother alien finds him and captures him but that happy moment just keeps going and it weakens that that alien to the point where it's it just lets him go and so that's that's how he realized that's his power so what a twisted little story right using depression and happiness as sort of powers very trippy right so they able to they're able to are they able to land the bomb I'm not gonna blow it for you but uh, just very one well done conceptually I thought never have I ever seen a comic that's gone in that way I'd like to look maybe because I know this is a limited series and I think there's only one left it's a four issue miniseries of why the aliens are doing that but who knows maybe they won't know but it's just a hey the earth has to fend for itself and the earth's hero is a very unlikely one that's what I dig about it and there's a there's a very heartwarming flashback scene of his father and why it makes him happy even though his father did something very bad to himself but he remembers those good times and holds on to that and he's able to fight off the impending doom of this alien armada with happy thoughts and happy feelings so there you go I, that's our show. I hope it gave you happy thoughts and happy feelings because I have fun doing it and I hope that you have fun listening to it. So thank you very much. That is the show. That's the top six. They were so good. Just buy them at your local comic book shop. Buy them on paper. Buy them when they collect them. Whatever. Especially on paper. The digital thing, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know how I feel about that. I've mentioned it a few times. But in closing, uh, one thing I want to mention again is more detail on this, the contest I'm going to have. I've figured it out. It's going to be Sunspots Comics' first ever mystery box. And I'm just going to make an easy qualifier to enter into the raffle to win the mystery box. It's going to be uh, giving me a five-star uh, five review on iTunes with a positive blurb and following me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Once I see that you've done all four, I guess, yeah, because with iTunes... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, then you'll automatically be written down. There's nothing you have to do or notify me at all. Uh, and I will, and also, and then you'll get uh, entered into the raffle to win the mystery box. I'm thinking it's going to have about a hundred dollar value. I'm just adding things into this box right now, which I don't want to totally give all the details away, but it's comic book stuff. And, uh, and not really a date yet as to when I'll give it away, but go ahead and throw your entries in now. If you don't already follow, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at, Sun at Sunspots Comics. Uh, and also uh, on Instagram, hit me up with a five-star review and a positive blurb. And once I see you've hit me on all four, you're automatically entered to win the mystery box. And uh, also, if you hit me on the iTunes, I will give you a mention on the podcast. So I greatly appreciate it. So the contest has begun. The first ever Sunspots Comics mystery box. Get your entry in right away so you could win some free uh, stuff. And if you'd like to just, uh, you want a recommendation of a comic book, you want to uh, send me a recommendation of the show, you want to just chit-chat or say, hey, whatever, high-five me via interweb, uh, hit me up and email me, email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Love to hear from you. So there you go. That's the show. And uh, tune in next week where we'll have issue number 40. And maybe even a special guest on issue number 40. I'm going to try to get Jordan Hudson. Uh, follow him. He's the artist that's doing my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. Follow Jordan Hudson, Hudson at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art on Instagram. He's a fantastic artist, and he's uh, drawing the Zombie Destroyers comic book that I've created. But uh, I'll try to have him on uh, the show for issue number 40 as a guest. So I'm shouting out to you, Jordan. I know you listen. Thanks. You're going to be on here. So uh, there you go. And thanks again. And, of course... Don't forget to buy two of Here Comes the Audio Blurb in 3-2. I can't do it, R2. I can't go on alone. Yoda will always...
Why didn't you tell me? You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. Slipping, 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 didn't feel change.